Have you discussed a financing plan for your new home with your realtor? A mortgage is a potential solution to purchase or maintain a home. Being pre-approved for a mortgage can give buyers an edge in today's competitive housing market by assuring sellers that buyers have the money to back up their offer. With interest rates remaining low and adding fuel to the home buying demand, what can you do to have a competitive advantage while establishing a financing plan that works best for you? Today, we have Jeff Vratnina, a mortgage lender in Orlando, who will give you the insights you need to ensure you're getting the home you want within your means. Okay, thanks for being here today, Jeff. How has the demand for homes affected the lending institutions and current Orlando housing market? Is there anything that buyers can do to make themselves better prepared to go through the process? Absolutely. Um, the, one of the key things is getting themselves either pre-qualified or pre-approved. Now, there's a little, kind of a misconception out there when it comes to what's the difference between being pre-qualified versus being pre-approved. And basically, the latter being pre-approved you've actually provided all of the source documentation and your loan officer that your realtor has recommended that you work with actually puts together an application package without having a property and it goes through and is viewed by an underwriter and the underwriter makes the determination. So they've already checked out your credit score. They've they, already checked out that you have a job and how much money you make and that it's and provides for at least two years. Right, and, and provided the documentation to support the income that you stated that you made, okay, and which is which is critical, especially for those folks that are self-employed. It is very important because if you come in with a contract and you're self-employed, you may look at it and go, oh, I make seventy, eighty, hundred thousand dollars a year, but after you wrote your life off, all of your car expenses, all of your food, your entertainment, things like that, what the underwriters are going to look at. They're going to look at what you're paying taxes on. So, you know, if you're somebody that's self-employed, I would highly recommend getting your tax returns into the hands of your loan officer and actually into the hands of the underwriter. Don't be afraid because it's the best way to get to the loan process completed as quickly as possible. Absolutely. It, it saves having to gather the documentation when you're more interested and excited about your new home you have under contract rather than, and worse, if you've already started packing things up. <laughs> that would not be a good thing. No. Okay. Well, interest rates are remaining low, even despite some predictions that they would almost have to trend up. Inflation has been pretty high lately. Right. Uh, prices have gone up by 13 to 15% over the last year. So, uh, but this does add fuel to the fire. So how far would rates have to go up now to start affecting the overall capacity of buyers to buy a home? It's a great question. Um, you know, when, when you're looking at it, and obviously as long as we've been in the industry, um, you know, I remember getting in when interest rates were 18%. Today, when you're looking at three, maybe if it goes up into the high threes, it's still, on the main perspective, it's in a very affordable range. And I did a little bit of number calculating for you just to, to give you an idea. A 1% difference in interest rates, say from 3 to 4%. You know, that's only going to make a difference per 100000 that you borrow, about $55 a month. So if the average sale here is, say, 300000 
it increases the monthly payment by about $150, $160. Effectively, we look at qualifying somebody based on their debt to income ratio, which typically needs to be around 43%. That jump going from today where we're around three, if it were to go up to 4%, would require somebody to make about 4,500 something more a year in order to qualify. So I don't think that the interest rates are gonna necessarily drive the market based on true capacity. What I think you might find is psychologically, the borrowers go, oh my gosh, you know, I missed out on these low interest rates. Well, not historically. <laughs> well, historically, what's happened is as interest rates are rising, people get off the fence who might have oh, yeah. wanted to wait and they go, well, it's not going to get any better than this, so Correct. I better do something now. Would that be kind of what you would advise? I mean, don't wait any longer because it's not likely that prices or interest rates or anything else is going to go right. No, I think the, the combination of obviously, as you mentioned, property values having gone up significantly, the, the risk of rates going up, we can't print money like we printed money as a as a country and not see the signs of inflation and not see an impact on what interest rates are going to do but i you know all the estimates the smarter folks than me are anticipating that we shouldn't see interest rates probably go much higher than three and three quarters something in that area that's kind of the the, Which would still be affordable for the average oh, absolutely. family, and that's on that's on thirty-year fixed rates. Right. Now, you know, when you when we used to see interest rates really start popping up, that's when your adjustable rates came in, and, and items like that. And you know what? Some people, because what the average person stays in a home seven years. You know, unless it's your forever home, you know, you might want to take a look at some of the alternative products like a 7-1 arm or a 10-1 arm. Um, I mean, 10-1 arms right now, even on jumbo loans, I just priced one out the other day. We're looking at somewhere in the mid twos for 10 years. So. And, and you can better prepare in a 10-year period than a one-year Correct. Period, like the uh, adjustable rates. Right. Well, as realtors, we always recommend that if somebody's not paying cash, please talk with your lender about the best path forward and to get a, that pre-qualification or pre-approval right. we were talking about earlier. Do you find most uh, buyers are giving you the information you need up front, or is there hesitation because of privacy concerns or, or worries there? You know, Gary, I've not seen a big issue with people necessarily concerned with their privacy and, and trying to hold back information. I think, you know what, if there's a good, strong relationship between the realtor and them and the, they trust the realtor, they're going to trust the lender that the realtor has referred them. And, and I'm a huge advocate of, you know, work with a team of people that are going to be there to support you through this process. And, and, and you sign paperwork that says we're not going to sell your information oh, to yeah. you know, anybody yeah. else out there. So. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, can you walk us through the types of mortgages now available? Everybody pretty much, I think, is familiar with a conventional standard loan, but there right. are different uh, options for people besides just a normal. And and tell us a little bit about, you don't have to pay 10% or 20% down no. to be able to get a loan. No. No, there's, you know, the government programs, and which are typically 
targeted towards more of your first time home buyers, you know, the programs through the Federal Housing Administration, through the U.S. Uh, Department of Agriculture, the USDA, the USDA offers 100% financing. Okay, the FHA program, basically your cash investment's about three and a half percent. Obviously, if you're a veteran that uh, served our country, you've got the benefits there of 100% financing. Um, there are programs, even on the conventional side, that get up to doing 97% financing. Um, we're also starting to see the, the uh, counties coming out with their down payment assistance programs. So, you know, there are ways of being able to get in with a reduced amount of, of cash required. Now, when you get up into the, the move-up buyers or the more of the high-end buyers, you know, there are programs out there that actually, you know, people are not even really aware of it, that you can put 10% down uh, and, and be able to get a 90% financing with no PMI. Right. So there are, there are options available and, and sometimes that can save you $100, $150 a month easily. Depending on or more, depending on the price range of the house. So absolutely. That's something to look at. So right. talk to your lender about yeah, Exactly. <laughs> we mentioned cash investors. What can buyers who need financing do to make sure they don't get beat out now by investor offers? How would you advise from a financing standpoint couching yourself as a strong buyer opposed to a cash buyer? I think the best thing is is getting in with your loan officer that your realtor has recommended that you speak with and get that documentation together and get it in and actually submit that for an underwriting approval. Because I'm, I'm hearing it more and more where they're... Sellers aren't taking prequals. They want the, that pre-approval, which means this file has been reviewed by someone with the authority to make a credit decision for the institution. And so the sooner you can get in, get that. Now, I got to be honest with you. Everybody has been extremely busy with rates having dropped, lenders got inundated with refinance opportunities and all of that. It's a capacity issue. There may be some lenders out there that are not willing to take and do the work because it does take an underwriter, it takes a processor, it takes the originator to potentially review all the way through the system with no guarantee that there's a contract and a closing date. But they're out there. There's a lot of companies that will do that. It just be patient with them because we do prioritize realtors, buyers with contracts over somebody that's just, hey, what can I get approved for? Sure. That makes sense. Well, are there any other tips for buyers now to make sure that they're getting the home that they want within their capability? Because one of the things that that we hear about all the time as realtors is, well, I don't want to pay $50,000 over appraised value to do this. Some we, people don't have the money to do it, but I mean, even even if you do, is it wise to get something more than the appraisal value? Well, from a lending perspective, it doesn't really matter what the sales price is. We're going to make our loan amount as a, the loan to value based on the lesser of the sales price or appraised value. So these rapidly escalating values 
pose a problem in the fact from the lending side because we may not agree that that property is worth $50,000 more than what, the, what they were asking. And we will still allow that customer to go ahead and purchase that, but we're going to base our 20% or 80% loan to value on the lesser of that sales price or appraised value. So, you know, it just, it's going to require more cash that people would have to put into the property. Now, something I've also seen that customers should be aware of, if you have, if you are fighting against the, the cash investors that are out there buying properties left and right, if you do have means to tap into 401ks or anything like that, Lenders are now opening back up, including the the GSEs, the government-sponsored enterprises, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, to allow what is called deferred financing. So we'll treat it as a purchase, even if you've purchased it with your savings, your investment, your retirement accounts, things like that, and not basically hit the borrower with what is a loan level price adjustment for cash out. Because after the meltdown of 2009, 10, 11, lenders actually got into doing loan level risk adjustments. That's why it's very difficult. A lot of people go, well, what are your rates? Well, I don't know until there's about 20 different things that I find out. Okay, so, you know, this one of those main adjusters is cash out because from a lender's perspective, somebody that's just taking money out of their equity to go do whatever with, mm. you know, that's a riskier proposition and the, the loans get priced for that. And it's like the, if you're if your credit score is 800 as opposed to 650, you're yes. going to get a better interest. Exactly. Rate. And These you won't are, have to pay any additional costs. That's right. That's, those are called loan level price adjustments. Yeah. What, what about the uh, future? I mean, you, it's hard to predict. I wish we all had a crystal ball. I was going to say, let me get my crystal yeah. ball out here. <laughs> but realistically, I mean, uh, it would be hard to imagine that prices would go up another 12, 14, 15 percent. There's been some analysts that have said it's probably going to be at least leveling a little bit more and it can't go straight up and stay there because well, it's just not not possible. We've been we've seen it enough times in our careers that no, nothing goes straight up or straight down. It, 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 there's going to be up ebbs and flows to it. Um, you know, I think that a lot of this has to do with demographics. We can actually thank uh, or facetiously thank COVID because, again, a lot of people have moved to the state of Florida from a local marketplace that have realized, number one, they can work from home. So if I'm going to buy a new home, our tax basis here is favorable. So, you know what, I think on a local basis, the Florida marketplace, the central Florida marketplace, uh, you know, is going to continue to, to thrive. And our tax base is lower than it is in a lot of places that people are moving to. So, from right. so uh, you know Nebraska, you think in the Midland you don't have any taxes. We've got people moving here from Nebraska because they go. It's much higher to pay taxes. Absolutely, in Nebraska and certainly New York, California, some of the major uh, investors even that are coming and paying sometimes cash, but sometimes uh, you yeah. know they're getting a mortgage because they figure, well, I can get two houses here 
instead of just one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, no, we're okay with that. Yeah, that's okay. You can help them, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> absolutely. We can all help them. Okay. Thanks very much for being here. Oh, no, absolutely. Enjoyed Anything the else that you want to add to the... No, I think that I, I, the, probably, as I said, the only thing that I would add is just going kind of repeating what I had said is that, you know, trust your realtor, build that relationship and, you know, work with that, that referral source. Thank you. The most recent market report reflects new record-breaking numbers. The median price of an Orlando home sale was $315,000, an increase of 19% compared to the same month last year. Despite the recent average high sales prices, inventory continues to be extremely limited. Orlando area inventory is down 52.8% meaning 3,459 fewer homes available in the market compared to this time last year. In addition, listings are spending an average of only 29 days on the market, a new post-2007 recession low. Even with limited inventory, sales have increased 14% from May to June of this year due to the continued high demand of Orlando area homes. In June 2021, Aura Realtors sold 4,414 homes, an increase of 42% compared to June 2020 when Central Florida reopened from the pandemic lockdowns. Those numbers only solidify how unpredictable the housing market is today, making it increasingly important to stay informed and to understand when it's the right time to make your move.